O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Holy Lamb of God. O wash me in His precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Holy Lamb of God. O wash me in His precious blood, till I am just a Lamb of God. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from 2 Timothy chapter 1. The verses are 3 through 18. And the title of this week's lesson is Essential Instructions. From the New King, actually from the King James Version, the text reads, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, Great, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Philogelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesephorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and 
in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Praise God for God's holy and divine word. Let us uh, study and learn. Essential instructions. Before King David's death, he relayed God's instructions for ruling properly. He stated, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in fear of God. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 3. No doubt, David was concerned about the coming reign of his son Solomon. Therefore, his final words provided appropriate direction. The same could be said about Jesus' final words. Speaking to his apostles, he he charged, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Followers of Jesus must be evangelistic. Jesus' last instructions reveal what truly matters. The final words of the Apostle Paul are recorded in his second letter to Timothy. Paul was free when he wrote the first letter and hoped to join Timothy in Ephesus shortly, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 14. The circumstances surrounding the second letter, however, were quite different. Rather than promising to visit Timothy, Paul wrote, Be diligent to come to me quickly, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 9, and do your utmost to come before winter, verse 21. Imprisoned in Rome for the second and final time, the the aging apostle understood his days on earth were numbered. Although he looked forward to the reward that awaited him after death, verse 8, he felt compelled to provide Timothy with needed instructions before that moment came. As is true, with the last words of David and Jesus, Paul's final words are significant. Timothy brought pleasant remembrance to Paul. When the apostle remembered his tears at their parting, it brought him great joy. Notice 2 Timothy 1 and verse 4. The apostle was acquainted with Lois and Eunice, the grandmother and mother of Timothy, although they go unmentioned in Acts 16, verses 1 through 3. The closeness of the relationship between Paul and Timothy is evident in the number of times Timothy joined Paul in the salutation of a letter. And we have several citations here from Romans 16, verse 20, 21, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 1, Philippians 1 and verse 1, Colossians 1 and verse 1, 
1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 1 and 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 1. Again, these are uh, introductory portions of these letters that have Paul uh, indicating that Timothy is a part of his retinue, his group, close to the apostle, close to the apostle's heart. Because Paul considered Timothy a beloved son, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 2, where Paul calls Timothy my dearly beloved son. He, Paul, did not hesitate to pray, thanking God for the relationship that they enjoyed. Verse 3. That Paul had confidence in Timothy is easily seen. Elsewhere, Paul described Timothy, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are in Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served me in the gospel talking about Timothy here in Philippians 2, verse 20 through 22. Having expressed his love for his son in the faith, Paul encouraged Timothy to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. Timothy was to stir up New King James Version, fan into flame, the English Standard Version, or kindle afresh in the New American Standard. He was to stir up, fan into flame, kindle afresh the gift that he had been given. Timothy was to stoke the fire and keep his ministry efforts burning brightly. Let us do likewise. Rather than becoming discouraged by Paul's imprisonment or by whatever persecution might come his way, Timothy was to perform his duties faithfully as a minister of Jesus Christ. Reminding him of this fact, Paul added, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. That we woke up this morning with that uh, noble courage and the ability of thought to continue to fight the good fight is, is the blessing that we have. This is a grave reminder to Christians of every age and degree that all cowardice, all dread of danger, all shrinking from doing one's duty for fear of man's displeasure or other uh, problems in the, in the moment proceeds not from the Spirit of God. Words like shame and conscience bring inward thought processes to the English mind, English-speaking mind, but in the Greek-speaking world, they frequently brought to mind one's 
premonitions concerning what conclusions others drew concerning him. In other words, uh, how do other people consider us? Uh, do we uh, function out of concern of man or do we stay focused on God? The latter is the calling of a Christian. To have a good conscience was to be able to look others in the eye knowing that one had nothing to hide. Shame was the opposite. To be bold was to be without shame. Let us proceed to be bold. Paul wanted Timothy to be bold concerning the declaration of Jesus and concerning the truth of the gospel. Nothing in the testimony he proclaimed about Jesus was to bring any tinge of doubt or uncertainty. He was completely persuaded and completely committed, Paul. And he wished that this for Timothy as well. Christ had saved sinners. Christians had and continue to have a holy calling given by Christ Jesus. It is our task today to continue this fight, the good fight of faith. As the apostle urged Timothy to be bold and not ashamed of his testimony concerning Jesus, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 8, Paul wrote of his own boldness and lack of shame. Paul, he, he had been bold in the belief he had placed in Jesus. Paul called upon Timothy to intensify his efforts to, to be zealous for the Lord. He wrote, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, for share with me the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 8. To keep Timothy from being discouraged, Paul emphasized what God and Jesus have done for us. He reported how God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9. A holy calling. Are we listening? Are we responding? If the worst thing persecution could do was bring death, Timothy had no reason to fear. We have no reason for fear. For Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, verse 10. With these words, Paul provided a profound perspective, an uplifting edifying commitment to truth. He was privileged to share the gospel message as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher to the Gentiles. Verse 11. Paul had been faithful to his charge even if it resulted in his imprisonment. Despite whatever else he might have to face, he trusted God completely Declaring this, he wrote, For this reason I also suffer these things, 
Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him, his total being, until that day. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. This trust and this commitment to Jesus Christ was the focus of Paul's life and Timothy's life. What about us? Does our focus remain daily on Jesus Christ? The church needed and continues to need the dependability and the faithfulness of workers like Paul and Timothy. They were to hold fast the pattern of sound words, truth, 2 Timothy 1 and 13. Nothing could be of greater importance than Timothy's holding the sound words of the doctrine emanating from Jesus and taught by Paul. From Christ, through Paul, Timothy had received the truth. We have received the truth. The salvation of men, ourselves and others, requires and required Timothy and us to stay strong in the faith. The Holy Spirit was on his side. This indwelling spirit that Brother Spivey preached on Lord's Day, this indwelling spirit, if we accept and prepare a place in our heart of mind, continues to be alive in all faithful workers, preachers, and teachers of the word. Because God is faithful, we must be faithful. We can be faithful because we have that model of Jesus. Paul instructed Timothy, hold fast, again, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. The good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. 2 Timothy 1 verses 13 and 14. The recognition of the hope of salvation through adherence to the gospel is the sound word that all Christian workers are to proclaim to the world. The charge given to Timothy applies equally to all those who are workers for the Lord today. We must likewise hold fast the pattern of sound words. Dedication to God's word is necessary because without that, some individuals will turn from the faith. Paul specially mentioned Phagellus and Hermogenes as examples in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 15. He could also point to some who remain faithful 
One example of a faithful individual is Onosophros, translated as often refreshed, who made a diligent effort to find and provide for the apostle during his second Roman imprisonment, verse 17. Are we likewise predisposed to to look for brothers and sisters in need, demonstrating our faithfulness? This was not the only time he helped Paul. He had previously ministered to the apostle at Ephesus, verse 18. Paul used this example to motivate Timothy to continue his exemplary service. We must, we must echo the words of the Apostle Paul to the Romans, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Chapter 1, verse 16. When we consider what God has done for us, 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10, saved us, called us, demonstrated grace toward us. We should be motivated when we understand this commitment that God has made to us. We should be motivated to declare openly our allegiance to him. Paul charged Timothy, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me, 2 Timothy 1, verse 13. This admonition parallels what he told Titus when Paul wrote, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, 2 Titus 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must make sure we share God's word unadulterated without adding or subtracting. We must keep opinion and bias out of our conversation regarding the truth. In other words, we must speak where the Bible speaks and we must be silent where the Bible is silent. This lesson is yours. Thank you for your ongoing support. As we continue our study through the pastoral epistles of Paul to Timothy, next week's lesson is from 2 Timothy 2. The verses are 1 through 26, and the title is Strength and Endurance. Strength and Endurance, 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 26. Let us pray one for another, family. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We approach your throne of grace with awe, humility, and reverence. We recognize you as the great I am. You are God all by yourself. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end of our hope in Jesus Christ. 
We thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice for all mankind on that cruel cross of Calvary. We are emboldened by his subsequent resurrection and the love that he so richly demonstrated and continues to demonstrate. We thank you for that demonstration, for the Holy Spirit and the indwelling that he provides, the direction and the support that remains ongoing for those who accept his presence and make way for a righteous heart of mind. We ask that your forgiveness be extended for any ought that we have committed since the last time we were together. We pray for those who do not know you, both those near and those far off. We pray that they may come to know you before it is everlasting and eternally too late. We pray for the sick, the shut-in, those attending to them. We pray for those who are suffering specific maladies such as cancer and dementia, schizophrenic, diabetes, heart disease. Father, we know you are the great physician who has never lost a patient. Please, Father, please, Father, reach out your long arm of healing and restore all those in distress to the much-needed portion of health. We thank you for your grace, your long-suffering, your mercy that is everlasting. Father, we thank you for the lessons you have given us in the form of your word, your truth. We pray that everything in today's lesson goes down to your glory and that those who continue to study your word have been both edified and uplifted. Father, we ask for courage to be able to continue to fight the good fight of faith, and we pray that our focus on Jesus remains steadfast. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for being our God, our rock, our steadfast sovereign who sits high but looks low. Again, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus, and it did is in his most holy name, we ask it all. Amen. Again, friends, let us support one another. Communicate the love of Christ one to another as we go through this week. Stay strong in faith, tender in mercies, and steadfast in joy. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Stay safe. Bye for now.